HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Cowgirl Creamery, a company located in Point Reyes Station, California, which manufactures artisanal cheeses. For more information, visit cowgirlcreamery.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network. Today is Monday, December 12th. I'm your host, Jacqueline Raposo. I write about people who make food. You can find my work in me as at wordsfoodart.com. I'm 35, straight and single. This is our last show of the season, and right now my darling co-host and friend, Ben, is settling into his new gig in Portland, Oregon. Benny, I love and miss you. Cherish your friendships, folks. So, oh, thanks, Dave. (laughs) That makes me feel better already. So I'm using his absence as a chance to celebrate with a few amazing fellow ladies in writing and media. In the studio today are three. And then after the break, I'm bringing in three more who have recorded some words for me, which we're going to listen to and then discuss. So welcome to Heritage Radio and Roberta's in Brooklyn, ladies. And um, why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, Erin, lady in chief. Why don't you start? <laughs> Excellent. Um, I am Erin Fairbanks. I am the outgoing executive director of Heritage Radio Network. I am 37 straight and single. Welcome. Uh, I'm Lindsay Rupp. I'm 26 straight and single, and I'm currently a retail reporter at Bloomberg News, and I co-host the Material World podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm Jen Dahl, and I am also straight and not single, shockingly. Um, although mu- much of my life I've been single, so I still can't. Um, I've been dating someone for about seven months, and I am a writer for many outlets, as well as um, the author of the book Save the Date, which was about going to weddings over the course of a life, much of which was single. Which cool. we've definitely discussed on this show before, um, how fun Excellent. that is. Yeah. Um, so let's start out with just sort of sharing for the single ladies right now, the three of us. Uh, when was your 
last relationship, Aaron, and how long did it last? Like, how, what is your, your single status right now? How long have you been single? Mm, I feel like I've been single for eight or nine months. I feel like my last kind of quote unquote relationship was just a couple of months. I was like dating someone a little bit earlier this year, like October, November, but didn't quite make the bridge onto relationship status. All right. So you've been, so you've been out there in the world though. You haven't been perpetually. No, that, I mean, that's that I I dated, I've dated two people this year. Okay. I took a long break kind of, uh, March through October. Okay. What about you, Lindsay? I've been single for 10 weeks, a little more than 10 weeks, but who's counting? (laughs) Uh, my former relationship was a little more than six years long. Wow. Yeah. So I'm fresh. So you're freshly. How are you? Do you mind if I ask how you're feeling right now, 10 weeks out? Um, it kind of comes and goes. So there's a line in the new Miranda Lambert album that uh, there's freedom in a broken heart. And sometimes I feel more of the freedom and sometimes I feel more of the broken heart. But I think, you know, I'm feeling much better than I did 10 weeks ago. But it was a broken heart situation. Oh, God. Yes. Very Ouch. painful. I'm sorry. That really okay. sucks. Yeah, it gets I've better. <laughs> we have to hug later. I know. <laughs> I feel like it does get better, but with a broken heart, it, I don't know. Like years out from broken hearts, it's still, it can still, I mean, it, it hurt, right? Like it's still. I feel like it changes in. so much. Like I look back at broken hearted situations I've had, and maybe this is also because as you get old, you just start start forgetting everything. That's I don't know. True. There's, yeah. there's definitely, like maybe it's actually just I have some mental issues. Um, but. But the pain gets meshed in with these other feelings of of almost like joy in remembering good times. And that becomes really almost a happy thing. Um, and obviously that isn't like a crash and burn kind of relationship, but where you really did have a wonderful relationship and you kind of realize, wow, that just like totally wasn't the right person for me. I think or even in a crash and burn relationship, there's some part, I mean, for me where I'm like, I'm pretty like happy with who I am and where I'm at. And all of those are things that kind of got me here. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to choose that going forward, but I don't look back with regret so much as occasional moments of like, wow, that was really me. Shit. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's what our brains do too, is that we even, even when we're hurt or when we're looking back at good relationships, we remember the good things too. So if we're hurt, it's because we're remembering the good things and not like the boring things or the crummy things or the downright shitty things. And then like even the longer we go on, we're remembering the good things more because they stick with us as happy little memories or we just forget about them because we're getting old and, you know, we've drank our way. But so so listeners, I asked I asked the ladies to send me some questions and then I contributed some and we sort of compiled and made a mishmash of stuff. So uh, so we've got sort of three categories here that we're going to just chow down on for the first half of the show. So the first is is sort of boils down to how to date how to get out, and this, I guess, is sort of going to be primer for Lindsay over there. Yeah, like, I'm here to learn. <laughs> and Jen, coming out of this, I have a feeling you'll have have some advice to give. So how, especially with getting out of, the older we get to, the more people we know are in relationships and like the, the fewer single people you just meet in real life. So how do we get, outside of the obvious, outside of going on to online dating platforms, which if you listen to Love Bites at all, Ben and I have dissected up and down and left and right, and and if you need guidance, tweet me and I'll send you to episodes. We're at <laughs> Love Bites Radio. But um, so other than online dating platforms, how do you get out of your social sphere and meet people, or how do you meet people in real life? 
warm smiles and yes. eye contact. Tell it, tell, tell it again, Erin. So, listeners, Erin was on our show last season, and she came up with the brilliant five warm smiles. Um, I think we need to revisit, revisit. the five warm smiles. I, yeah, I find for me, like, when I'm ready to be in a spot where I'm meeting people, a lot of it, like most things in life, just comes down to, like, your attitude and being open. And a good practice for me is my five warm smiles, which is essentially just throughout your day, five random people that you find interesting, make eye contact, give them a warm smile. I think for me, it just helps me like actually look at people, project an air of availability. Um, it makes me, I think, a little bit more approachable. And then you're just kind of like figure out where to put all those numbers. <laughs> has it has it worked for you though? Since because when I checked in with you on the show before, which is towards the beginning of this show of ours, um, you said it hadn't led to actual dates yet, but that wasn't necessarily the purpose. So since then, in the past, I think almost year since you've yeah. been on, has it has it materialized into? Well, I think like my, my like first go round, uh, I definitely had plenty of success with that method, and I feel like the last time we talked, I was kind of still on the fence about whether or not. I really wanted to be dating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just haven't, I guess, mostly. I feel like uh, the, when I think about the idea of dating, like, I feel like the last guy I went out with, I was like, wait a minute. I have to like look at my schedule and like pick a time and then tell you the time and then think of a place and and like <laughs> I don't even get to like go and then go meet and sit down and spend time with this person I don't even know when I don't even get to do that with people I already know and like yeah, I'm like what right is this on. crazy thing and then yeah. you know rational Aaron is like that's literally dating that's one hundred percent what it is but somehow like, it doesn't it never feels like that like when you really want to be doing it right. yeah. and when you don't want to be doing it then it feels like that and that's always when I just cut it out what's the point (laughs) yeah Yeah. which is where I think there is that difference of doing things in real life like making eye contact and smiling versus spending your time on an online platform like the guy that I'm most recently seeing like we met in real life and there's just something a little bit more fun and genuine and worth putting in that like, oh, I've got to make time for a new person in my life versus some dude another dude who I met online who you know, like, yeah, on paper, he's great, but I don't know if we're going to, you know, mesh in real life or not. Like, there is something about, like, having seen somebody and smiled and flirted for a second and exchanged a physical number. Yeah. You well, know? You know they don't, like, have a weird voice and smell funny. Yeah. Right. And the magic <laughs> of human connection, you know? You actually are invested in this person because they've right. shown you they're a person. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm, I'm trying to, like, you know, put myself out there in minor ways. And even then, I'm like, God you're really vulnerable when you're talking yeah. to someone in real life and when do you when do you cut it off and walk away and leave them wanting more it's it's uh, oh that's a whole nother it's scary the walking away and leaving them oh, that's another mind game mind i totally fails. i got scared at a party on i was at a party on saturday and i walked in and said hey to my friend and this guy in the kitchen who was totally good looking and 100 percent my type looked at me and was like man you have such a great energy like have we met before da 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 and i was just like <gasps> I am not prepared. And I just <laughs> turned and I like Aww. ran upstairs and then I like promptly hid for the rest of the night. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on with you? And then right. my girlfriend even came over. She's like, oh yeah, I was like thinking that you guys might really hit it off. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to talk to him. Oh, <laughs> it's just Aww. like, 
but no, but you... maybe that's good. Maybe. You know, like, but you're thinking about him, obviously. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I did, but then I'm also, but more I'm thinking about like, yo, what happened to you, girl? Because like, I'm not a shy person. Right, you're not on your game right now. No, but that's so different than an interaction online where you're like, oh, will they text me back? How long do I wait before I text back? I feel right. like in the moment, it's so much more visceral and real. Yeah. yeah. So how do we get more in the moment scenarios? How do we put ourselves into those kind of scenarios more? I mean, you Ideas. know, yoga class, farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> My mom one time was like, Jen, here's how you meet someone. I saw it on Oprah. Um, <laughs> ask them about what they have in their grocery basket and like, be like, what are you going to make with those tomatoes? And I was like, that is a terrible, stupid <laughs> idea. And in New York, <laughs> potentially dangerous. Yeah, and potentially dangerous. Um, and I did meet my boyfriend on Tinder. But <laughs> I think story. there's something about um, whether you meet online or in person, like having, well, also we'd sort of known of each other's existence prior to Tinder, which helps, I think, mm-hmm. because they're a real person in your mind. Um, but yeah, like having an openness to any situation that you go through life you know like kind of wandering around smiling or being happy or feeling good about yourself well i think the five warm smiles idea does does extend to how you look at technology too like online Mm -hmm. dating it's like just the idea of being open and smiling and making contact with another human being you can be online dating and be closed off and skeptical or you can be on with an open mind so definitely is the approach so now that we're going into the holidays um Coupled or not, so this is, I think, is applicable to all of us. There is still this weird stigma, I think, especially against women, whether you are sig- whether you are single, that you should that you're not happy if you are single during the holidays. Especially like I've got a huge family with cousins who are all coupled and married and babied. Um, or if you, or there's an assumption that if you are coupled, you are obviously happy this time of year because you have a partner. So, do you guys feel that sort of stigma working against you on other side? How do you, you know, work against it? What is causing this? Pre- like, is this pressure really valid anymore, or are we sort of, is it in our own heads? Like, what do you guys? How are how are you feeling about this idea right now, especially as we go into the holidays? I feel like pe- people always like recommend to you whatever they did or whatever Mm -hmm. kind of worked for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so your family is kind of no different. And, you know, my family, I feel like, wants me to be happy. And so they're, like, a little confused. Um, And that, I think, for a number of years felt awkward and it felt like a little bit of, like, a personal attack where I was, like, you know, like, the I feel like it was the Bridget Bridget Jones quote. She's, like, under this sweater, I'm covered in scales. (laughs) You know, and it always made me want to, like, act out in some kind of, like, really dramatic way and be, like, because I'm fucking crazy. (laughs) Um, But, (laughs) but, like, over time, I'm just kind of, like, yeah, I don't know. You know, that's just, like, not... I'm just I like it stopped bothering so me so much and I think a lot of that had to do with me just getting more comfortable and also instead of looking at all the things that weren't in my life because I was single looking at all the things that really were and how kind of totally luxurious that can be yeah I'm getting a ton of what people would like to be doing or think they would like to be doing in my position. So I get a lot of, you should go out and just hook up with a bunch of guys. Or if I were you, I'd be, you know, I'd be on the apps already. You need to get them on there now. Why aren't you already yeah. surfing the web for dudes? Or, you know, I'm sure you'll find somebody soon. Have you gone out on a date yet? How long has it been? Uh, and I do feel that there's a real, everybody just assumes. And yes, I am hurting. But 
I'm not so unhappy because mm-hmm. I'm single. I'm unhappy because that relationship that I right. really thought was something is over. Um, and I don't, I mean, I like who I am and mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about myself and I, I can be really selfish and it's kind of great. Yeah. And so to kind of like fight back against like what's right for you isn't necessarily going to be right for me. I know you mean well, but it's been exhausting. Do you explain that to people though? Like I was, I was at a wedding a couple months ago and granted it was in with my family in Portugal where my father's from. And so that's a different cultural society already. But I feel very confident in that too, that, you know, I'm 35. I'm very happy. I'm very, I would rather be single than be married to the men who I could have married. Mm-hmm. But I was at a wedding. It was late. I wasn't feeling well. I was tired. And a cousin who's an American cousin who was there as well of my parents' generation, you know, just in conversation, like, yeah, you mentioned two of my siblings who are a couple. was like, yeah, the two of them, I don't worry about. But you and my other sister who's single was like, I don't know if you two will ever get married. And she said it just like this thing. And so I immediately, it was like all of my independence and feminism just went out the window. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want children, so I'm not in a rush. And that's, you know, and that's hard for some men because they do. And like all of a sudden I was making apologies and explanations that I don't believe in. It was just because I didn't, it's like my guard was down. Well, and it's so enmeshed in like cultural expectation. You know, people think like this is the next thing you have to do. And then once you're dating, when are you going to move in together? And then when are you going to get married? And when are you going to have kids? And, and people think that they can like check you off once you're situated, even though that has nothing to do with how happy you are or how, you know, like you might be really happy being single. I think one thing you can do is turn around in that situation and be like, so how's your marriage going? (laughs) That's yeah. Which could be dangerous. (laughs) Which could be dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I was like, like, I don't really want to know. I should have had, like, I just should have had a comeback ready and I just, but I never think but I, I feel have, the same I way. Know. Yeah, I think that there's this sort of secret pressure and it's people you know care about you, you know, mm-hmm. so you right. don't really want to respond, you know, angry. <laughs> but but I walk away from those conversations thinking like, well, wait a minute, that's not me, okay. you know. Yeah. Or yeah. what about saying like, I'm just really happy right now and I'm taking this time for myself. Yeah. I should yeah. And then that. if they pressure you. They're a total asshole. Well, God forbid you say, I'm really unhappy right now, but I'm taking this right. time for Which myself. Which is also okay. That <laughs> <laughs> just struck a faint cold fear into my heart. That actually will get them to shut up more That's than it. I know. I just need like, to bring David around with me that. with a button. <laughs> I'm just going to have Dave walking behind me everywhere. Dave, can you press the button, please? Um, yeah. Well, that brings me to sort of the antithesis of this, of this uh, empowerment idea is that uh, in speaking with one of our, our guests for later in the show the other day, we were just sort of uh, having coffee last week and chatting and we both brought up the idea of what's wrong with me as far as being single but in completely different contexts her idea of like what's wrong with me was completely the opposite of like my what's wrong with me but both of us were still like oh that that voice in my head is only it's a four percent voice in my head that pops up now and then and then I squelch it down because I'm like no I don't believe in that like again it's like I don't believe Mm -hmm. that there's something wrong with me and that's why I'm single but do you guys ever have, I'm just saying ever, I'm not saying now, I'm not saying predominantly, ever have as far as regarding being single or being broken up with, which we've all been broken up with, so I'm not singling you out, Lindsay. <laughs> like, um, do you ever have the, like, the what's wrong with me feeling, especially as we get older, too, and everybody else is coupled up, as far as why you're single and where do you think that comes from and what, again, do you do to say screw it? Uh, one, yeah, of course. I, I so what is your what's like, wrong with me? Specifically, what is yours? What is my what's wrong with me? Yeah. Well, mostly I'm just like, 
I didn't think it was going to be like this. I guess I just like always, what? like, I just figured that, like, you know, I did all the right things. Like, mm. you know, did good in school and went mm-hmm. to college. And, like, my life, I've, like, followed the trajectory of, like, the path that people are supposed to follow, more or less. And I, I guess I just thought that would, like, happen. And I look back on my life and I'm like, mm, I don't really see where I would have made, like, a different choice. Mm. It just never came up. So, I, you know, I don't know. Like... Um, I think that like I'm a little defensive of my space because I grew up in such a small town where you were so under I felt very under the microscope I'm just kind of like I just get to do me man like I'm mm-hmm. like almost like not super willing to like give that space to someone else um, so they're like what's wrong with me it's like you know maybe I'm just like too selfish like I don't want like I'm like there's not enough room or something or I'm just like I'm still getting mine right. <laughs> but what's wrong with me is like a tool of the patriarchy yeah, to make us feel like we've done something wrong or we haven't lived the right way because we're not meeting the cultural expectation of being paired off you know I mean not to get all angry about get it get angry, girl. <laughs> get angry. but it's bullshit like and and I have I feel that and I have felt that I like had a Thanksgiving dinner where I sat down and there was a guy from the neighborhood, you know, like who we invited in and he was asking my mother, I think I was 26 at the time. It was like ages ago. And he's like, what's wrong with her that she's not with someone? And my mother was like, what's wrong with you for asking that? You Yay. know, like, oh, good for her. so love your mom. It's such a, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an unfair, I don't think men walk around thinking what's wrong with me right. in the same way that women. Or like, I want what I, like, I want time for myself or I want space or I must be selfish for wanting things yeah, in my like life. A, I, right. Yeah. A mantra. I was like chatting with a girlfriend of mine yesterday. I'm like, let's just try and walk around with the confidence of a mediocre white dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just shoot for that. And then, you know, you like, <laughs> well, you have that moment and then you're like, man, the only people who are like making this possible like that's us man we have to like do that right. work ourselves we have right. to just like let it go and why wouldn't there like everyone has stuff wrong with them right, so it's course. more like well what was your what's wrong with me when you were um, single like and well, even now you know like that's the thing now, like yeah. when you're dating someone you still have a ton of shit wrong with you like right. i'm i'm confrontational i get drunk too much and yell at people i and I tend to be like dramatic and embarrassing, you know, like, like I'm a pain in the ass, but then so is everyone else. Mm, right. And then I think you just think about the people who are like willing to accept you for what you are and you yourself want to get better. Like, I don't want to do some of the things that I think have caused relationships to pull apart in the past. Um, and then like therapy, you know, like. Therapy. do a lot of therapy great. <laughs> big fan of therapy on this show too <laughs> what about you Lindsay? where as far as being especially since you're newly single do you have like a what's wrong with me and rolling yeah. around in your head right now i mean for a while it was uh, i just thought everything but um i mean now it's kind of like i've realized in this relationship ending how much i really wanted to be in a long-term stable relationship and like wanted to get married like some of my friends have and i, I mean i just really wanted that like stable family because my parents split up when I was young and I don't know I just really wanted that to work and I don't know if I want kids or any of that but I like wanted the stability of a long-term thing and uh that's like really freaking me out yeah you're in a that makes me feel like there's something off with me that I want that at this age and you know that he didn't want that with me and it's like it's really weird to realize about yourself I don't think there's anything wrong with you 
Well, that's not true, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) For wanting a long-term relationship. Maybe other weird things are wrong with you. Yeah. Thanks. That's a really, and that's a really interesting observation as far as just being a young person in New York City, as far as like going against what we've always assumed of women. Like the fact that that idea is outside the norm and it makes me feel like i'm a bad feminist and i don't know that i want a long-term relationship now like anytime soon you know but any type of feminist you are is the right type of feminist well thank you but Uh you know what i mean it's like oh you're a bad feminist if you like want to get you know there's sort of this almost reverse pressure now and i mean you know now that this relationship's over it's not like i want to be married in two years i certainly am not in a rush for any of that but it's like oh that felt good i liked that right i Mm -hmm. want that again someday i think the most feminist thing you can do is acknowledge the stuff that you need for yourself and how to enact that stuff um so i don't think yeah like i think rebecca traister had a piece about getting married and choosing to get married and like is it or maybe it was jessica valenti anyway they're both great but like (laughs) um is it not feminist to do this sort of structurally patriarchal thing? Mm. And it can be feminist. It's not like doing um, with like doing what you want. Is, yeah, is doing, doing what, what you want. want you know, is a feminist act. Like that. The whole point is to like have the choice, yeah. not yeah. for me to be like, well, not that choice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Lovely. Well, thank you for sharing, ladies. We're gonna have to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to continue. Um, but before we do that, I want to take this time to remind you that this is our last live show of the season, so it's the last chance for me to personally ask you to support Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit member-supported radio station bringing you 30-plus amazing shows every single week. We have a small, strong, and mighty team down here, and Ben and I are so thankful for, for the work they do to help us bring you these stories. So please head to Heritage Radio network.org right now click on that beating heart and donate to hrn ben and i will truly love you forever for it we will be right back and this one's called i'm famous by alan wilkes we'll be right back Today's program is brought to you by Cowgirl Creamery, a company located in Point Reyes Station, California, which manufactures artisanal cheeses. In 1997, Sue Conley and Peggy Smith opened Cowgirl Creamery in Point Reyes Station, a picturesque postage stamp of a town on the coast about an hour north of San Francisco. They started with an old barn, made it beautiful, put in a small plant for making handcrafted cheese, bought organic milk from the neighbor, Strauss Family Creamery, and before long, the world found them. Cowgirl Creamery cheeses are sold to over 500 stores, independent cheese shops, farmers markets, and restaurants, and nationally through Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit cowgirlcreamery.com. We are back with Jen Dahl, Aaron Fairbanks, and Lindsay Rupp. And now we are joined via technology with Jamie Feldmar, Julia Bainbridge, and Jane Allison. Jamie and Jane have been guests on the show before, and Julia is a fellow writer and the host of The Lonely Hour podcast, which is fascinating and incredible, and I suggest you subscribe to it right now. Um, So I sent each lady a a few questions to ponder about their work and how it coincides with their being single. And they each return to me an audio track for us to discuss, ladies in the studio. So the first one we're going to hear is from Jamie Feldmar. And I asked her a few questions about 
basically the intersection of starting a new business or being a freelance writer and what being single does for that. So let's have a listen. Hi, this is Jamie Feldmar. I'm a New York-based writer, editor, and cookbook author. I'm single. I've been single for a few years. And in general, I really enjoy being single. Part of the reason I became a writer is because I enjoy the sensation of creating worlds in which I have complete creative control. And when I'm writing and when I'm working with words, I really am the master of that domain. And in many ways, um, I feel the same way about my, my personal life. When I'm single, I don't have to compromise on anything. I don't have to answer to anyone else. I don't have to worry about anyone else. I don't have to incorporate the desires or neuroses or demands of a single other person into my life. That gives me complete freedom to do whatever I want, which I realize might sound really selfish, but it fulfills me in a lot of ways and it allows me to really focus on work. And for me, work, for better or worse, is a huge part of my life and it is a very fulfilling part of my life. So I don't really enjoy being distracted from that all that often. And as much as I would like to eventually find somebody who I feel like is more than a distraction, <laughs> you know, it's a tall order. When I think when you're a strong-minded individual who takes pleasure from creating worlds around you, it can be hard to want to let someone else in. So for the time being, um, I'm pretty happy to be single. So that's from Jamie, and that struck with me particularly personally because, like we were talking about before the show with What's Wrong With You, I've done now like 56 shows about dating, and I'm still single. And it gets very frustrating. So that's my like What's Wrong With Me thing is like if I'm studying and working my ass off and trying everything that we talk about on the show and I've still not met somebody what's wrong with me. But on the flip side, it takes a lot for me like Jamie, because I'm so interested in my work and what I get to do. I need to be very artistically and intellectually stimulated by the person I'm dating, including, of course, being, you know, emotionally and sexually stimulated by them. I also need to be inspired by them as an intellectual or an artist. And if I'm not selfishly, I would rather spend my time with my work and with my friends. So do you, so what with that track from Jamie really resonated with you as far as stimulation, as far as feeling selfish for what you get to control in your own life, Jen? The word selfish struck me when she was saying that. And I, I was talking about selfish the other day um, with someone and I feel like we should substitute every time we say selfish, we should say self-interested and see, mm. see if it still strikes us the same way because there's nothing wrong with being selfish. We are humans. We are supposed to be self-interested. We are supposed to be our own best supporters and, you know, creative producers and whatever else it is that makes us be who we are. In fact, survival is, you know, depends upon us being selfish. And people who are in relationships are also selfish. So I kind of don't like this, the, the way that selfish gets used. Women are using selfish as a thing to, like, tell them what's wrong with them yet again. Mm -hmm. And it's not our fault, obviously. It's part of kind of a cultural um, dialogue. Right, because selfish um, doesn't leave room for compromise as well. You can right. be self-interested and still compromise and still be open yeah. to and another person. And of course, person. we're all like that, right. you know? Um, the other thing I think is interesting is that for a long time in my life, I thought that 
people who had gotten married early were so lucky because creatively they like checked that off the list Mm -hmm. and they could move on and do like great creative things. But I had to spend all this time dating and, you know, interacting with different people and like, you know, showing guys the door. Um, (laughs) And so was that wasting my creative energy? So that does resonate, you know, on that. Um, And I don't know. I think these things are more, they're all in a ball in a way that we don't necessarily realize. Mm. Uh, and we blame ourselves for things that maybe this is just the natural course that it should follow. Mm. Yeah, her words about feeling selfish really, uh, you know, resonated with me because I feel, I mean, I don't feel selfish right now, but I feel really free. I mean, I didn't feel confined that much in my relationship, but it's like for the first time in six years, I don't have to worry about whether, you know, anybody else likes the music I'm listening to or, or anything, you know, my outfit. And it's been really freeing. To what have just you learned like, about yourself in the past 10 weeks in that way? Have you discovered, like, I like leaving this all over the living room floor. <laughs> or, like, That's I awesome. don't like Coke. Or, I don't know. I did not think about interesting examples, obviously. But have you learned <laughs> anything that you're like, wow, I didn't know that I really like the way this feels? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I like, leave all the doors open all the time. I, like leave all the windows like the blinds are up all the time I really like just having my own space and like feeling like I can fill it however I want I like um I don't have a mirror right now which is like hugely freeing I like that mm-hmm. um I just I like that I don't have to clean up somebody else's stuff I mean I haven't and none of this is like revelationary and and some of it it's it's hard to tell how much of it is like me being in a funk and me like right. being me but um, but it's been, I mean, um, it's been great. Yay. Good. What about you, Erin? What did you get from Jamie's words? Well, I'm just thinking the last guy that I was dating, I really liked. He was like a super feminist. He was a great communicator. He was just like really kind of creatively driven. He was like lovely. He was attractive. And I was like, man, it was so confusing because I'm like, man, that's like all the things. And he's really nice, and he's really into me. And I'm still like, I don't want to do this. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, what is... And I, like, part of that is just like, I'm in this big space of transition right now. I'm like leaving my job at the end of the year, and I don't have another job. And I'm doing that very intentionally and like taking some time. And I'm just kind of like, mm, I don't think I have space to like... Bring, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. to like put energy into a relationship and put energy into the like... Uh, relationship with myself right now so like something's got to go and sorry it's you and then like how do I do that in a way that's like very kind of loving and caring and but it was like it was like a little weird where I'm like I gotta choose Mm. and I'm choosing me (laughs) like you're great you're awesome you're like every you're like if I had like a little wish list of stuff here you Mm. are so it felt like a little bit like the universe being like you know just see girl just see (laughs) well one thing that Ben came up with the thing some at some point Benjamin I miss you I love you uh is that timing isn't everything but it sure as hell is a lot and yeah. I think like regarding what you were just saying and what Jamie we had discussed this after before she'd sent me the track she was like this is probably just the way that I'm feeling now like this could change too like this is where because she's in a transition transitionatory period with her job as well and this is and she, right now in her life she's so focused on her work and in love with her work but in a year or two or five or whenever her creative focus may shift as well. And it's sort of, it's all okay. Like wherever you are, as long as you're not harming somebody else by deceitful action, it's all okay. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah, and even then yeah. sometimes. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to our... As long as you're doing it. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to our... Just kidding. Let's move on to our next track. This is from um, Julia Bainbridge. She is a writer and the host of the Lonely Hour podcast. And so, obviously, I asked her a couple of questions about when being single in particular makes her feel the most alone and if she had any sort of self-care protocol in that type of unique moment. So this is what she sent. Hi, I'm Julia Bainbridge, writer and host of the Lonely Hour podcast. Like the other women on today's episode of Love Bites, I'm single. And sometimes that means I'm lonely. It's a particular kind of loneliness when you're single, you don't necessarily want to be, and you can't imagine a time that you won't be. That's what happens with me anyway when I attend weddings these days. I know it's cliche, the single girl feels jealous watching her friend get publicly chosen for life by a man who's in love with her or him. And it didn't used to bother me, but the past few weddings I've been to, I've been the only single bridesmaid, the only single woman at my table, and it's just become less unnoticeable to me. So what I do is I take time to myself. I know that sounds somewhat counterintuitive since the issue is loneliness and the cure is aloneness, but it works for me. In those situations, I take myself home when I want to. I don't put pressure on myself to stay up with the rest of the wedding party and ball out until the early morning hours. I do my duty and I enjoy my friends, but then I go back to my hotel room and I usually take a bath and I read and I enjoy myself. And as I do that, I think how that time is so rare for those people who are coupled. I lean into the fact that the room and the evening are all mine. And I feel better about my situation. I even feel lucky. So weddings. Weddings are fun when you're single. Um, Listeners, I wrote a piece about being a cliche at weddings, and we did a whole show about going to your ex's wedding. Um, we've talked all, yeah, yeah, Lindsay's giving me, giving me eyes. <laughs> Terror eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the, to the wedding of the man I dated for 10 years, and so we did a whole show prepping wow. me up for that. So... Weddings are hard, but I love her self-care protocol for that. So where are you guys, as far as especially, Jen, you wrote a book about being about the bridesmaid yeah. thing. So, um, yeah, where are you guys with the idea of being the, being the single lady, especially at celebratory moments? And on the flip side, also leaning into the celebrations of being single. Have you ever tried something like that when you're in that situation? I... I've realized recently that weddings are probably some kind of trigger for me, like they are for Mm. everybody, um, which is why I wrote a whole book about going to weddings and kind of being a disaster at them. Um, And recently, I actually went to a wedding with my boyfriend, and I was still a disaster at that wedding. (laughs) So I think there's something nice about that in a way, you know, Ah. like like you don't change that much. Um, And you, I think her advice is really lovely. I would be like the single person at the bar drinking whiskey shots and like, right. you know, being single and like hooking up with a groomsman. But I think like going home when you can go home and realizing that just because someone's special day is, you know, involves coupling doesn't mean that you can't have a good day, too, even though you're not coupled. Right. It's just it's like the societal expectations are so ingrained in us that it's hard to think other people have this and I don't, so there's something wrong with me, which is the whole conversation, right? But if you can free yourself to think, actually, this is just a life that they're choosing, this doesn't have to be the paramount goal for everybody, then 
maybe it opens you up to mm. feel just kind of like this is a fun party with an open bar. And even if it is, even if you do want to get married, even if your goal is the couple is being the one in the dress. If you're not that person at the wedding, like I love, like I had never, I'm the same way where when I go to weddings as the single girl, I have to be having fun with everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I love the idea of just being so self-possessed and so in your skin that you can have this being the supportive friend or the supportive relative. And then not having like, I put on the armor of like, look at me. I'm great. I'm doing so well and I have to look fantastic and I have right. to look I have to look happy and self-possessed rather than just being happy and self-possessed yeah. and that's what I love her I mean this her, can what just she be does. another average night for you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the sort of be New Year's Eve celebration. And, that, it's not your yeah. wedding. It's not right. your wedding. Yeah. I love the uh, yeah and I'm a big fan of bubble bath so the idea of having a glass of wine in a bubble bath is like yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. What about you Aaron? I, you I feel like the like the, the those kind of like lonely moments come up with me more around kids where I like hang out with my friends or my Mm. family and like you know Christmas holiday or a birthday and I like see it's like a frame it'll be like a picture snapping in my head I'm like oh I know that moment like I I want that moment in my life and and it's like the you know moments that are like very much a part of like how I grew up and part of pop culture and like I, I definitely will feel that kind of like rising in me and in that in that like kind of moment of sitting across like in the room just trying to practice a little bit of like non-attachment like there's not a finite moment amount of the stuff in the world like they're having it doesn't detract from like Mm. me or the potential for me and like just creating space to be happy for them and feel sad at the same time and not feeling like oh because it's this way for you it has to be this way for me Mm -hmm. like I can feel however I want to feel that's and like a, that's yeah. fine that's a really good thing for people to keep in mind in that moment i think that's a really good mantra to have yeah Let's i just see. loved her message of choice that you know you can mm. choose to take yourself out of that and practice some self-care and that's like a line i've been really trying to walk lately there's you know there's a lot of me trying to put myself out there and be among friends and have fun and and push myself to be social but it really makes me appreciate the nights that I come home and choose to be by myself or just hang out with my cat. And like, Mm -hmm. it's great. And I think as long as it's a choice one way or the other, and where you can recognize how you're feeling and say that's valid and not just like, not beat yourself up for it you right. know well because on the flip side of like the not bringing a date to a wedding or a party or a work function is you don't have to worry about anybody else at that right. wedding or a party or right. work. like you don't have to worry about what your date is doing or feeling or if they're saying something awkward right or if they're running into like your old whatever like if there's that that in itself is fun and freeing when you're only responsible for yourself and your actions and how mm-hmm. you look and act is pretty awesome sometimes yeah. i also just feel like i often when i'm like bring someone i'm dating to an event Mostly what I end up thinking about is, do I really like this person? Yeah. Do like, I want them to represent me somehow yeah. in this space? And often the answer is no. And that then I'm kind of lot. like, yeah. why am I dating yeah. that? Because it's like really, you know, the one-on-one stuff, I can, I can do a lot. But kind of getting out in social circles and amongst friends... That's the real kind of like it's the barometer. barometer yeah, for I me. have I have my best friend and her husband where I'm like if I can't imagine the guy like finishing our like our, our quartet, then I'm like I don't know like 
which is a dangerous, it's a very high, high barometer. But anyway, I'm comfortable with high bars. Yeah. Right, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, our last track is from Jane Allison, who was on our show a couple weeks ago. This is the introduction to her most recent nonfiction novel, Nine Island. So I've sailed the seas and come to... No, I've sailed no seas. I've driven south down I-95, driven south for days till 95 stopped and I was back in Miami, which is no country for old women. I'm not old yet, but my heart is sick with old desire, and I'm back in this place of sensual music to see if it's time to retire from love. I just spent a month with you, Sir Gold, up where 95 starts. After 30 years since I'd seen you last, 30 years of disaster with men, one day you dropped from the sky to my inbox. Your name there I looked at a very long time. Ahoy, you finally said when I clicked. First, we had a year-long exchange of pictures and words. Then I flew up for a week of ceviche, strolls through hydrangeas, Greek pots. Then you asked me to come again and stay a while in your stone house on a hill. These words I looked at a long time, too. Bring Ovid, you said. Bring the cat. Are you here yet, you said when I just started driving. You smoked me a trout, yanked armfuls of greens out of your ground, made me a tart tatan. You even filled your swimming pool just so I could swim. Gazing down at the naked older me, you murmured, look at that. Later, you said, isn't this funny after so many years? Come closer, you murmured in the dark. And in the morning, happy whistling as you strode over wet grass with the dog, then bounded back to me still in bed. I thought, could it be? Happy end? But when the month was done, well, who knows, your hazel green eyes went pained and you decided it best to stay as you were, just the dog, the stone house, the hill. Thanks for coming up, though. I ramped onto 95 South thinking, really ought to give up on all this. But give up on what exactly? I have to ask myself, has it not been decades of comical disaster? Should be good to give up on disaster. So I had never pondered choosing to not date or actively find love anymore. And so this was just a, like, blew my mind. So what does the idea of indefinite singleton dim singledom, <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what does that invoke in you guys? Like trying to play a trick on the universe. Yeah. Once you stop looking, blah, 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 right. blah. which I've like, tried to, which doesn't work but, <laughs> or hasn't worked yet. But, 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 but like yeah, in a like, real way. Yeah. Like what is the idea of just at whatever age we're a little bit younger than Jane is in real life. And, and she also caveat, she did say like, well, I haven't definitely decided. She's like, this is just something I was pondering during mm-hmm. this period. And I wrote the book about it. So it's not like she's, you know, a case study right now. But, um, but the idea, like when I was like, wow, how liberating in a way would that be just to be like, nope, I'm going to be single and this is going to be my life. It, it can sound very exciting in a way to it, me. It kind of feels safe, too. It's like, oh, yeah. if it's just me, then nobody can let me down. No one can hurt me. Right. I mean, I definitely had that thought as soon as I broke, you know, as soon as my relationship ended, it was like, oh, OK, well, I'll just never date again and then I'll be fine. I will never <laughs> feel this way ever again. Um, but it also it also feels scary and and lonely and and exciting. I mean, and to, to me, in a way, it's a parallel to just getting married to get married, because mm-hmm. the thing yeah. relationships aren't about choosing the end before you go through the process, you know. Right. Um, but what if you're tired and, of the process too? Well, I like, totally advocate taking dating breaks, and mm. I mean, you know, like however you do it. There have been right. times in my life where I've been like just not into it. I don't 
like I just and it would even be like a guy would be sitting next to me on the couch kind of being like oh yeah like is stuff gonna happen and and I'm like you know I just no yeah please leave right um and I think those like when we listen to ourselves we're telling ourselves whatever it is that we need to hear Mm. you know as long as that voice is that voice needs to be stronger than you must get married by tk year or you must you know be single forever i feel like i had i saw um i had my palm read last year in like this kind of random very brief way and one of the things that the guy said was he's like oh well don't worry he's like you are um you don't have to look (laughs) uh that's not your job um you're gonna meet someone you're gonna meet someone when you're 39 but he's gonna find you he's busy right now he's in school so you know just work on your happiness and like that's your job and I like kind of walked away from that moment and thinking like well what would it be like what would it be what would it be like if I behaved as though everything this person just told me was 100% true like what actions would I choose tomorrow Mm. if I knew for sure I was gonna like take care of this life partner thing three years from now right And I felt like that was just kind of an interesting way for me to try on a couple of different things and see, like, what I was actually really into then. I feel like you should write that as an HBO series. It's amazing. (laughs) So did did it change your your actions for a while, or is it something you're just still pondering? I feel like I went through, um, like, one of the other things I hear my um, coupled girlfriends um, talk a lot about is really feeling like the door to sexual adventure is off the table for them in a way that they had always hoped, you know, would be a part of their life. And so I feel like that was where I ended up spending a lot of time in the kind of like, well, why not? Like, why not just like Mm. try it? Why not put yourself out there? Why not explore this? Why not? And, um, I feel like I kind of took some steps in that direction, um, but then I was kind of immediately confronted with the fact that, like, if you're giving me a lot of orgasms, I'm going to become attached to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then that got messy. And I was like, OK, so I don't know if that's going to work for me. Um, and then I took a break. So who knows? I want the name of your of this ter- of this palm reader and yeah. also the men who you've just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because I mean, but I but it's funny because actually Sarah Eckle, who is how. Uh, I got introduced to Jen had mentioned when we had her on the show that one of the things that she hears the most from women and that she's passed on in her book uh, is that by the time women, especially women who find their partners later in life, their biggest bit of advice is like, don't worry about like, I wish that I hadn't worried so much through the years that I was single, which is great to say like once you're past that point, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's like the idea of like indefinite singleton single. Why can't I say the word that I want to say? Singledom, 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 the idea of definite singledom. I know it right. Yeah. So the idea of indefinite singledom to me is just, I don't know the idea that it's not so like, Oh, I'm just going to let life happen. Especially because I have this stupid, show where I have to like study and test and date and <laughs> listeners one of the reasons why we are expanding to be a relationship show in 2017 and not just a dating show um, but it's like the whole purpose of the show was to get out there and to try things and so that Ben and I could you know and it worked for him and here I am so the idea of just choosing and just seeing what happens I think is both liberating but also could be maddening for a type A person like me who likes to have mm-hmm. a task to do so I feel like, to me, the task of choosing not to date forever and sticking to it 
I don't know. For Forever me, it might be too fun. long. I know. It's probably I, I feel too like the long. best, some of the best advice I've gotten this year in general is like, hey, maybe try taking smaller bites. Like, right. not forever. How about a week? Three no. weeks. I'm right. never going to drink. I'm not going to drink for the entire year of 2017. I'm like, why don't you try like one week? Why don't you like try one week and then go from there? Right. Like, just set yourself up to win. Be a little happier right. with like yeah. 80%. Well, speaking of smaller bites, um, we are we are over time. Um, so why don't we wrap up with quickly each sharing something we love about being single or for Jen, the times that she is not with her boyfriend, um, about something we either get to do dining out solo or something we love getting to eat at home when nobody is watching. Why don't we just spin around the room? Erin, <laughs> why don't we start with you? I am a big fan of the bowl of popcorn for dinner. That is not that racy. I don't know. I mean, you're like food stuff. I'm like, ah. All right, bowl of popcorn for dinner. <laughs> I'll Listen, guys, it. it gets crazy over on 340. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I eat peanut butter right out of a jar. My my ex hated that. Really? Oh, oh I do that great. too. It's my favorite it's thing. Yes. 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 Wonderful. Uh, I have so many disgusting single behaviors that <laughs> will never change, probably. I have um, a patented lying on the couch while eating dinner routine. Routine mm. and watching Law and Order, um, like I can actually just be totally prone, like, like covered and, in food. Yeah, yeah. Like covered in food and sweatpants. Uh-huh. It's great. Well, I do all of those things, um, all of them at the same time. No, but <laughs> um, but no, my favorite thing is I still love going to a bar by myself and having like a martini. I love like the Russian, um, the Russian samovar on Fifty Third mm. Street, mm. I think Fifty First, mm-hmm. Second, Third, something like that, and like just drinking vodka at a bar by myself and like reading a book or like writing in a journal and being like, like I'm so romantic exactly it's yeah. like look at me I'm such an intellectual drinking vodka by myself <laughs> I took um, a trip to yeah. Italy by myself last year yeah. and that was fantastic yeah. yeah solo dining solo travel yeah yay ladies well thank you so much for coming on the show I wish that I could have you here all the time um, listeners, you can find uh, a lot of stuff about Jen and Lindsay and Aaron on lovebitesradio.com, including all of their Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, website handles. Um, thanks, guys, for coming Thank in. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This has been fun. So that is our show for today and our last show of 2016. So thank you so much for listening. Ben, big wave and hug to you out in Portland. We cannot wait to have you back. Uh, Listeners, in January, we have pre-recorded some tracks for you. I'm very excited that we have five couples in the food field who have spent some time with Ben and I the past couple of weeks. Uh, We are bowled over by the conversations we've had about what it takes to work in the same field with your romantic partner. And these stories are poignant and inspiring and challenging, and we cannot wait to share them with you. So please come back in January for those. Until then, as always, thank you to our engineer, David, especially for all the little applause and tooting horns and awes. Can we have one more awe, David? Are you over there? Can we have one more? Oh, he's giving me a finger. Not not that finger. (laughs) He's giving me a finger. There we go. (laughs) Thank you, David, so much. Our theme song is Give Love by Josh Dion. I am Jacqueline Raposo. We will be back in January. Happy holidays. Come back to heritageradionetwork.org. listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. So